0: This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B, or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: Welcome in, everybody. It's the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Great to be back with you here from the Osher Sports Performance Center, and great to be just off the practice field with the New Orleans Saints. John DeShazer in just a moment on our Friday podcast, too. Help us put a wrap on the Friday practice, and I guess the week's practice, even though the Saints will work on Saturday and Sunday. Otherwise, uh, not otherwise, because John's going to be great. I say, in addition to John, see, I'm already getting you, John. I'm sorry, I'll tell you. In addition to John, three great guests today, including former Saints wide receiver Lance Moore, former Saints linebacker, and now All-State Sugar Bowl, Greater New Orleans Sports Hall of Famer Vaughn Johnson. He'll be inducted this weekend. He's in town. Uh, here from North Carolina, where he calls home, and uh, he'll visit with us today. And also, a little peek into what's going on with NFL UK. Neil Reynolds, who's been with us before, he's from Sky Sports, he'll stop by as well. He was also at camp this week, and of course the Saints are playing in London this uh, fall against the Dolphins, and the Saints also have a player from the UK by the name of Alex Jenkins. So, we've got a lot jammed into the Friday podcast, and uh, with that, we'll quickly welcome in John DeShazer, whose phone just hit the floor here in Studio B. Nobody knew, Nobody would have known that. Well, I sold would have
2: known that. i tell you what, man. You got to pick your friends. Choose your friends and your enemies.
1: You might want to pick up your
2: phone, too. <laughs> There's nothing going on with it <laughs> at all.
1: Practice today saw the Saints back outside after being inside on Thursday. Full paddy, John. And while there were notable veterans getting the day off today, and forgive me if I forget somebody here, uh, but Drew Brees was padded but didn't really participate today. Delvin Bro, Pat dressed, really didn't participate today. And then flat out, day off, no doubt, John Kuhn, Cam Jordan, um, Willie Mark Sneed Ingram, on that list. Willie Sneed, Mark yeah, Ingram. Mark Ingram. I'm forgetting somebody else. Maybe Corey Fuller. We didn't Maybe see we, him. Unclear. Don't know
2: exactly what his situation was.
1: On top of that, what else did you observe today? Uh, the chippiness, thank
2: goodness, between the uh, the DBs and the, and the receivers. Now, both of those units have some – Fairly emotional coaches. Curtis Johnson coach of receivers. Aaron Glenn has the defensive backs, and they were chatting up each other as much as the players were chatting up each other. Really funny stuff, uh, to be honest with you. Some of it not exactly G-rated that we can say here, but uh, they really had a good time with it, and you like to see it because that competitiveness is coming out between those two units. Um, I think uh, one of the thought processes was from Ken Carley, the cornerback, was you know these receivers catching passes and um, spiking the ball on us, and we got tired of seeing that. So they looked like they were tired of it today.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, With Cam Jordan being off, that meant some extra reps at defensive end, notably, I think, for Haoli Kakaha, uh, and that also, I guess, flipped Alex Okafor to the other side. Am I I reading this right? Yeah, but
2: Haoli, well, Kakaha has been getting a decent amount of reps at, at right end also. Uh, with Alex Okafor. I think they're trying to figure out the dynamic there between those two guys. And Kakaha is coming back from his third, repeat third, torn ACL. So he's trying to get back into shape. Okafor, the guy they brought in as a free agent during the offseason, you assume he's a guy that the Saints want to have that position. Now, can he seize it from Kakaha? Or, you know, is the competition going to make both of them better? You know, that's the perfect world. But, yeah, both of those guys were out there today, Kakaha at right end, uh, Okafor at left end replacing Cam Jordan. So we're able to get both of them on the field and see a little bit of of Okafor at left defensive end replacing Cam. Yeah.
1: I didn't notice too many bad snaps today in the shotgun set. Now, I think uh, I think uh,
2: Coach Payton's message has probably gotten through to those mm-hmm. guys. Uh, snap it right or maybe, maybe you'll be on the quickest thing smoking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we were reminded
1: today, what did Hokey Gajon used to say? Here's the apple in the road. Give him an apple on the road, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coach Payton described it the other day as an epidemic, and it really had become kind of silly, um, for lack of a better word. But it seemed to be cleaned up a little better today. Will Lutz also had a good day kicking the football, even as far out as 55 yards. So yeah. Off we go to the weekend now, my friend.
2: Yeah, let's get into it, man. Every Really, everything is just kind of barreling toward that, that first preseason game. Now they're probably going to maybe institute a little bit more contact here as we go along. Uh, Probably not Sunday night for that open practice, but maybe tomorrow, Uh, especially I know they worked a little bit of goal line and red zone yesterday. They'll probably want to work a little bit more of that, but right now everything's just vanilla, but you got to get them into some more contact drills. I think just to
1: kind of get them to get the feel for it. Coach said today, you know we haven't we haven't had a full out scrimmage yet yes and I, I and i don't know if you
2: if you have one. i mean generally there used to be the the whole black and gold scrimmage right right we've gotten away and from that yeah we've gotten away from that and i don't know if we're going to go back to it but i do think there's going to be something that what him saying that leads you to believe that there's going to be some contact before this first preseason game so it's coming yeah so it's coming now i don't know now if it's going to be leaves- tomorrow i don't think it's going to be sunday <laughs> Because that's an open practice at Tulane Stadium, Eulman uh, Stadium, and I don't think that's going to be the one in front of the fans. I wouldn't. I, I don't think so. The fans are going to be there tomorrow and Monday, I think and it, Monday's up in the air. Sunday night. Yeah, I think. I think it's going to be tomorrow. I think it's going to be tomorrow. Okay. I could. I could be wrong. I think it's going to be tomorrow.
1: All right, fans will be there tomorrow. Yes. Those who and, and able it's, to an get get a ticket. it's an open practice. It's an open practice. Now maybe you you'll
2: save it for Sunday night because you expect a bigger crowd. Um, players will be juiced up. It'll be a nice night practice, and uh, it'll be a nice setting. But I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm banking, I'm thinking Saturday. I'm banking. holding out hope
1: that it's this weekend. Yeah, it, it won't I'm bother, ready to yeah, see
2: it. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to see it, and I think again, as you mentioned, if there's a Sunday night practice, that probably heightens the possibility that there won't be a Monday practice, or at least it'll be a Monday afternoon practice. And you ain't gonna hit probably after you have that kind of situation. And if Tuesday is an off day, or if Tuesday becomes the practice day, I don't think you want to hit that close to Thursday's game. Right. So, this weekend. That's what we're saying, folks.
1: One way it is it's going to be this weekend. We'll let, you know, we'll let you know on Monday yeah. if we're right or not. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Uh, Pelicans fans, you don't want to miss the end of our podcast today. We're going to go over some stuff from Alvin Gentry and DeMarcus Cousins. They are in Africa right now for the NBA Africa game, games, uh, clinics, all that good stuff. So we'll do that at the very end. Like I said, it's a jam-packed show. Let's get right to it. Our first guest today uh, is in town this week to do a number of things with camp, with the Saints, with the fans. You've probably seen him on NewOrleansSaints.com with us. But Lance Moore is here and uh, able to visit with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. How's the broadcasting uh, part of your career now treating you?
3: Uh, treat me well. You yeah. know, just kind of getting my feet wet as far as starting out and and trying to figure out what I like more TV or radio and kind of dabbling in both of them to, to see and, you know, see what goes from there.
1: We kind of knew when you were playing that this is where you were going to go. It just seemed too obvious.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the reason why I started doing it is, is because people always told me how good I could be at it or man, you speak so well and, and you articulate and, you know, this is something that you could be a natural at. Um, but, I enjoy it so you know being able to you know talk about the game that i love and i played for so long and get paid for it it's just not a pretty it's not a pretty bad gig
1: you're doing some radio on sirius xm nfl radio i know that you mentioned tv what about the tv side what have you liked so far on that part of it
3: uh the tv stuff man i mean it's 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 weird at first for a guy that's you know used to playing and you're you're so physical and everything that you do but the the Mental side is definitely something that's behind closed doors. Well, the, the mental side in the TV thing comes out the moment the camera comes on. Right. So You have to be prepared. You have to know what's going on. Got to look good for the camera, which is something that I enjoy doing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, hey, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a different uh, career, obviously, but it's something that, that I have a little bit of passion for, and I think it's starting to grow.
1: Do you like, would you see yourself, I'm asking a terrible question here, are you heading more toward being a game analyst or a studio analyst?
3: Well, I mean, I, I've, the only time that I've ever called a game or part of a game was at the broadcasting boot camp, And that was like one of the toughest things I think I've ever had to do. And it's just, it's just so different. It's so foreign to me. Um, you're watching a game, you're trying to dissect what's going on. You've got a producer in your ear that's telling you X, Y, and Z when you've got thoughts going on in your head. So don't know that I'm going in you know, that direction as far as doing the, the game stuff, but the, the studio analyst stuff has been fun so far, and you know, never know. We'll see what happens.
1: You mentioned the broadcasting boot camp. Let me, let me flip something on you here. A lot of times guys will get done with their playing career, ladies too, and they want to get into broadcasting, and whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, a lot of times it's the broadcasters telling the former athlete how to be a broadcaster, what about, what if we were to flip that? What, what would you say to broadcasters about broadcasting sports from a former athlete's standpoint? Like, we're, we're always the ones telling you, okay, make sure you turn to the camera. Smooth here. Connect your thoughts. You know, we got to be in and out of this break, you know, this and that and the other. We have all these mechanics that we want to teach you, right? Right. What, what's, what's the other way around? What should we do better those of us who didn't play well, the I game. I don't know, but yes, I think
3: yeah. you, you hit the nail right on the head. Like, you've got to be coachable no matter what. I mean, if, if you're telling me how to do something that's going to help me, um, then I think you, if I have something that I think is going to help you, you in turn have got to be coachable as well. To, to, I mean, because we all want to improve. You know, we, we don't all want to be just going th- through the day by day and being stagnant in what we're doing. We want to improve. We want to get better in our craft and um, being open to, criticism and and being coachable, I think is very, very important.
1: Could segue to the next thing here. Brandon Coleman, by the way, has been turning heads here early in Saints camp. Speaking of being coachable, and I wanted to ask you this, he's an undrafted guy. He's now in his fourth training camp, and it seems to have clicked mentally, physically. It's all coming together for him. Why does that happen all of a sudden for a guy?
3: Uh, Well, I think he understands his situation. I think he understands that it's kind of a now or never Um, and he's a guy that's had success in training camp before, I think, and and for whatever reason it just hasn't really translated into what, I guess, the front office and the coaches have hoped it would. Um, I know that their initial thought with him coming in here, he could be the heir apparent to a Marcus Colston. Um, But once you start putting labels on guys and trying to get guys to live up to you know fill in for guys and 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 jump in where they left out it's kind of tough he's a different type of a player Mm -hmm. Um, he's a big guy like Marcus was but they're they're different athletically Um, but they both have have very very good skill sets and and I think that you know for him I I think at some point it just it it becomes let me get out of my own head and let me just go play football and I think that's that's what he's been able to do so far this camp but we can't get too excited seven days into training camp, right? It's got to translate over onto the game field in these preseason games, and then even more so once the the lights come on in early September for for the real thing. So, um, you know, he's putting it together right now. He's got to keep the thing going.
1: Good note of caution there. This this next part's going to be hard. I work for the Saints. You played for the Saints. But I'll ask anyway, is this wide receiver room okay without Brandon Cooks? And what have you noticed so far about that room down the hall here in this current edition well yeah
3: i I think that uh a lot of people were bent out of shape when they heard about the cooks trade and they're like well you know what's going to happen what are we going to do we lost our best receiver um but i would say you could be pretty optimistic about this group they don't have one single guy that's going to replace everything that brandon cooks did but when you look at the 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 group from top to bottom at least the first six guys they're all unique in their skill set but they're all very very good players and complementary players to one another Um, as far as the deep balls and the speed stuff goes you got a Ted Ginn uh, Willie Snee will get more touches Mike Thomas will be able to get more touches uh, Brandon Coleman obviously is stepping in and making plays all over the place Corey Fuller Tommy Lee Lewis I mean if you look at the group from top to bottom they'll replace him by committee Okay. Right. He, there won't be one guy that will come in and have 1,200, 1,300 yards like Brandon Cooks every year, I don't think. But having a group of guys that can complement Mike Thomas and Willie Sneed, um, I think this group will be fine.
1: All right, so what do you hope to learn about the team in general during your couple of days here back in New Orleans? I'm interested in seeing the defense.
3: Um, you know, I, I – I, I, know pretty much what you're going to get from drew i know pretty much what you're going to get from sean as far as what he's trying to do schematically and you know you you from afar you could look at and say man he's got all these running backs he's got all these receivers how in the heck is he going to get them the ball well he finds a way I mean, that's just Sean Payton. And and for those guys, if I could give them one piece of advice is not to get frustrated if they're not the guy on any given day, because the next day they could be the guy. I mean, I'm, my career speaks for itself in that, you know, one game I'm catching two balls for 15 yards and then three weeks in a row I'm over 100 yards and touchdowns, you know. So you never really know when your day is going to be called. But when it is called, you got to make sure that you seize that opportunity. But defensively, obviously, this team um, will benefit from, from – A better time of possession offensively, more ball control, running the ball a little bit more, not turning the ball over and especially not turning the ball over in, in, you know, short field situations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, playing a complimentary game of football will help this defense. And and obviously they've got to do a better job of stopping people. So uh, I'm looking at the defense. What guys are stepping up, making plays? Obviously, they can't tackle Drew. So you're not you're not going to see the sacks as much. Uh, but that's something that's that's got to be improved as well. Good stuff. Family's good. Everybody else good? Everybody's great, man. Family will grow by one
1: here in a couple of months. So Get pr- out. Preparing for that. I didn't know. Yep. And second daughter. And oh. her name, Nola. Nice. Yeah. Based on your time here, or Based is there another connection here. to that? Based
3: on my time here and, and my love for the city of New Orleans. That's
1: outstanding. I feel like we got to, that, to me, that might be the best part of the whole interview. <laughs> really?
3: My wife would love that. Yeah, Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Our best to her and the girls, plural. Now, yes, thank you. You're surrounded, brother. I know, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't enough broadcasting gigs to take gigs for you to take care of those two weddings down the road. I know. Yes, great to see you. You too. Thanks. We'll be listening and watching for you too.
4: If you don't want to miss out on any of the action,
0: get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365.
5: Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly.
1: Well, this weekend, the All-State Sugar Bowl, Greater New Orleans Sports Hall of Fame, inducts their latest class. And we here at the New Orleans Saints are so pleased that uh, Vaughn Johnson, a member of the famed Dome Patrol, is to be inducted as one of its newest honorees this Saturday. He's kind enough to join us. Vaughn, it's great to talk to you. My pleasure to meet you for the first time. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Are you in town already, Vaughn? Are you getting set for the big weekend?
6: I am in town. I'm excited and looking forward to it.
1: You know, when was the last time you were here, Vaughn?
6: Uh, it's been a few months ago since I've been here, so I'm really enjoying the Big Easy. You know, I've always been a New Orleans Saints fan, so whenever I get a chance to come back, it's really exciting for me.
1: Tell me what it was like to receive a phone call that you were to be inducted into this Hall of Fame.
6: Well, I tell you, that was, Sean, that was really something special. You know, I've always felt good about the way I played. Uh, I've been proud of my career. I, I was a 100% hundred percent guy. You know, I didn't cheat the game. I didn't cheat myself. And so to get this call was uh, very exciting for me. It lets me know that... Uh, fans, the writers, you know, the, the New Orleans people, they really appreciated the way I played, so uh, it was real exciting for me and my family.
1: What's not to love? Eight seasons with the Saints, four-time Pro Bowler, uh, the Dome Patrol really kind of redefined linebacking cores in the NFL during the late 80s and early 90s, so, so why not? And, and I think about the career, and I, and I hope that you still look back fondly on your playing days.
6: I do. Like I said, you know, I'm proud of the way I played. Uh, I'm real excited to be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, a lot of guys that uh, that play, you know, as long as I played, some of them really don't get the recognition they deserve. Uh, being part of the Dome Patrol, I thought was something very special playing with those guys Ricky Jackson, Pat Patswell, and uh, Sam Mills, of course, and myself, you know, being with those guys was very special. And, uh, I really enjoyed it, huh?
1: Vaughn, many who look back and think of those those years say, out of that outstanding group, you maybe hit harder than any of them. Why is that?
6: <laughs> well, for one, I was about 6'2", <laughs> So, And I, a lot of people don't know I was a pretty fast guy. I could run fast. So when I hit those guys, they felt it, no doubt about that. And like I said, uh, I learned in college that uh, – you know, you give it everything you got. I had a college coach, Greg Robertson, linebacker coach, that really taught me when I came from high school, really taught me how to play the game. Between him and, and my defensive coordinator, Steve Sidwell, uh, I learned a lot.
1: Steve still st- still talked about, over the years, a particular game, I think, in which you had almost 30 tackles against the 49ers. you still remember that day? I.
6: I did, I tell you. That that was really special. You know, Monday, Sundays after the game, you know, that Monday when we come in, we get our sheets, our evaluations, and uh, I was reading through it, and I looked at it, and I had 28 tackles, <laughs> and i never forget what Steve said, where my defensive coordinator told me that uh, he said, Vaughn. I don't know what you ate before that game, but I want you to eat it every week, son. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really exciting. I, I had some of my best performance against the 49ers.
1: What is different today uh, as opposed to the era that you played in when it comes to whether it be style of play, caliber of player, equipment used? What, what are the, the biggest differences in your eyes, Vaughn?
6: I think the difference in the game today as opposed to when I played is uh, you know back when we played I think they ran the ball a lot more uh, and we had one running back that would run 35 or 40 times a game you know that's unheard of today you know you have uh, two or three running backs it's, it's a combination of things and, and then defensively you know linebackers have to be able to cover the running back out of the backfield. you have to be able to cover the tight end running up the field. So I think those guys have to do a lot more running than uh, some of the guys did back when I played. But I was a third down linebacker. I played on nickel and dime situations. So I was a pretty good cover linebacker and a run stopper. So I think I would fit in good today. But I think linebackers are a little smaller now because of the passing attack. So they have to be able to run and cover different guys.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think the size is probably what sticks out. Most to me, you know, Vaughn. I probably could find a long list of folks that did not enjoy getting hit by you. Um, but I, but in in reverse, was there a particular running back that you maybe you didn't look forward to having to deal with on a Sunday?
6: Uh, I don't really. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess I could say there was one that, uh, as a defense, we really, we really had to rally around to get this guy stopped and. And I would always, you know, I get the question, who was the best running back I ever played against? And that's easy for me. It was Barry Sanders. Mm. Uh, He was, (laughs) he would make you look bad. I tell you, he was definitely something special. He was a hard guy to get down. And defensively, you know, it made it tough on us because when you would study the tape, Sean, 100% of the time, the first guy that gets to Barry missed him. They did not make the tackle. So, our defensive coordinator, Steve Sidwell, said, Hey, whoever the first guy get to him, just take your shot. You know, Don't break down, just try and run through him because he felt like you weren't going to get him anyway. You may get lucky and hit him. And everybody else had to box him in and then go get him. But he was definitely one of the guys that uh, we did not look forward to playing
1: again. Man, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Vaughn Johnson here with us on the Black and Blue Report. He's going into the uh, All-State Sugar Bowl, Greater New Orleans Sports Hall of Fame this weekend, deservedly so. Hey, Vaughn, um, let me uh, let me get your expertise here. The linebacking core currently for the New Orleans Saints is under a lot of watchful eyes, this uh, training camp, and rightfully so. Um, educate me. When I watch this group go through training camp, give me some things that I particularly should watch for in trying to evaluate who's in the right spot who's going to be on that 53 man roster that kind of a that kind of an evaluation
6: well i haven't had a chance to uh see a lot of the guys they have now but you know you you want to see who's communicating you know mentally you know i think that's the toughest part for a middle linebacker because a middle linebacker is definitely the quarterback on defense you know he has to get the Defensive line lined up. He has to coordinate with the secondary back there, and then he has to know his responsibility and be able to execute it. So I think the guy that can pick it up mentally is ahead of the game, and, and as well as you know being physical, you know being a run stopper. But like I said, Sean, you know in the game today, you have to be able to cover. You know when you see these guys uh, covering running backs, covering tight ends, and in some instances in zones up on wide receivers, the guys with the good feet that's able to run and be a pass stopper, that's going to be a key for The guys that can't do that, it's going to be tough for them to make the team.
1: Why aren't you an NFL analyst on television right now? That was perfect.
6: <laughs> well, I enjoy the game, Sean. I really take pride in what I do, and uh, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: No problem. Hey, let let uh, let the fans know, what have you been up to the last several years, if you don't mind me asking?
6: Yeah, I went back to North Carolina. I went home. You know, uh, I've always said when I played here, I said once I retire, I'm going back to North Carolina, the Crystal Coast. I live there in uh Moorhead city. It's, it's right on the beach. And uh, I really enjoy that. I got our concrete business. We do foundations, sidewalks, driveways, that type of stuff. So, it's keeping me busy. I've always tried to stay active after I retire. You know, I, I'm not a guy that sits on the couch. I've always felt like, man, if I sit on the couch, all those years in the NFL might come tumbling down upon me. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep moving and stay busy. That's
1: smart God advice. Is yes, indeed. Uh, hey, last question for you, Vaughn. Who's all with you in town this week? And any uh, special plans to celebrate this honor this weekend?
6: Well, you know, Sean, I've always felt like you know this is not an individual award. You know, this is a this is a family award, family and friends award. It's not just for me because it's it's been a lot of prayers. My family supported me all the years. My church family's prayed for me. The New Orleans Saints fans, man, they've been awesome to me while I was here. You know, so I'm I'm inviting all my family and friends down. They're coming down from North Carolina and be a part of this i'm really really excited that they're going to be here get a chance to get some of this good new orleans food and interact with the fans a little bit so uh, we're excited we're blessed to be here and uh, totally
1: looking forward to it outstanding vaughn johnson dome patroller and now hall of famer with the all-state sugar bowl greater new orleans sports hall of fame uh, great visit today i very much appreciate it welcome back and congratulations vaughn
6: Thank you very much, and you guys who that. God bless.
1: Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team at the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out Pelicans.com today.
0: Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. Report.
1: We love repeat customers. We get one back today. We've spoken with him before on the telly, as they would say over there, but he's in person because... Uh, the NFL and the NFL UK have made eight stops across the league in eight days, and that includes us here in New Orleans. We're pleased to welcome back to the program, Neil Reynolds. Nice to meet you in person, sir.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been on quite the adventure the last few days. No doubt. Yeah. Are
1: you jet lagged at all?
5: Well, I'm, I've been crisscrossing time zones, so but last night I had a good night's sleep, so I'm feeling kind <laughs> of I'm over the halfway point now. This was day five, so we're seeing all eight London bound teams. Uh, in eight days we started with the cardinals we went to the rams up to minneapolis to see the vikings then the ravens the saints today uh, then we're doing the jags dolphins and browns so i feel like now you know this is day five day five's in the books you know i can see the home straight but it's a lot of fun it's no just it... awesome to come and sit and see the players and watch train i love training camp anyway training camp's just a great time of the year so it's been a lot of lot of fun
4: neil
1: is with us, uh... From Sky Sports primarily, but also as we mentioned, NFL UK, you've you've really kind of become the conduit for our league to your countrymen and women, I should say, uh, in a lot of ways. And the evolution of that is, is has been what a quick one, or has this been slowly but surely over the time uh, that the NFL has started playing yeah. games over there? So,
5: so I think we've seen a real uh, a real growth over the last ten years, and, and no doubt playing regular season games there has been the the big driver for that. Me personally, I, I covered the league since 1991. The very first professional player that I interviewed played for the London Monarchs. And you guys all know him. His name was Doug Marone. Doug Marone was the very first person. I, And he was a centre for the London Monarchs back in the Old World League. So so for me, it's been a, a long journey. And there's been times where it's, it was quite dark in the UK. You know, we didn't have all of what we've got now. But, you know, when I first started out, If you'd have told me we'd be playing one regular season game back in 2007 and then 2008 when the Saints came, I was so excited to see one. And here we are now with four, which if you look at, you know, it's half a regular season's worth of games for a a home team.
1: What's the measure of success Mm -mm. in that you'd want to add more games?
5: Uh, I don't think we – I think the NFL worked towards making a market ready for a franchise if an owner decided I don't want to be in San Diego or I don't know, you know, we've seen, mm-hmm. it. we've seen it in recent years. So to, to make a market ready. So I feel like we're ready now. I feel like there's a, there's, we play in two stadiums with a third to come online next year. So we play in Wembley stadium, Twickenham stadium, and then Tottenham hotspurs, premier league stadium comes online next year. We're going to play games there. Uh, we have, Government support when all the time local government national government and we've got a season ticket fan base of forty thousand, so I think forty thousand as a season ticket base for any NFL team plus stadiums plus government support puts you in a pretty good place
1: this is this is a season ticket base without a team right they're yes. seeing, they're, not, mean, they're
5: not emotionally attached to right, one can, team can so, you imagine
1: if they had one that they could call yeah, their and own
5: I, and I, and that's why my belief is that that's that's where the nfl want things to go obviously massive massive logistics with that but they've proven that the fan base is there and you say measuring sticks whether it's people who watch on tv fastest growing university sport is american football one of the fastest going growing sports for primary school children is flag football uh it's played all across for boys and girls from the age of eight so you know time and time again we're seeing these different ways that american football is becoming part of our culture
1: let me um let me kind of play both sides of this for a team like the new Orleans saints they'll play at Carolina and use that as their launching port uh, point across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So, so they'll play a road game on Sunday at Carolina. They'll leave from there to get ready for their game in the UK. What, what would it be like in the reverse for a team that would be based in say London um, that would have to make a road trip? Uh, would, would it be that they would come overseas and play for a couple weeks and then go home? I, I mean, what's, Logistically, as you mentioned, you use that word. It's perfect. Um logistically, what's been the thought process about that?
5: Yeah, well I think I think we're now at a stage where because the fan base is there, the NFL are starting to dig down on some of the details, whether that's how players are taxed, how players how, how would a schedule look, how would what kind of what kind of allowances would there be for a London franchise in order to be able to attract free agents but you keep that competitive balance which is far-reaching the most important thing is competitive balance but i think playing two games at home three games on the road two games at home again is one way to do it i think also uh potentially you would have a team based on the east coast of america and then they come in and out for games in london if you think about it on a on a tuesday if your left tackle goes down and you need to try out 10 guys that's not so easy to fly 10 guys over to london whereas if you work them out on the east coast of america you pick the one you want Then you get him a passport and you bring him over. You don't bring everyone. So I think some kind of satellite office would be needed. The logistics are huge, but I thought it was interesting last year. The Colts played uh, at Wembley Stadium. Mm -hmm. They were the first team to opt not to have a bye week after the London game. And this is, again, further kind of testing of the waters to see how things work for teams that have to come in and out. They got home because it was an early kickoff, an early morning kickoff in London, went straight back to the airport, straight back to Indianapolis. They got home at the same time they would have got home from a 4.25 kickoff in Seattle. So it wasn't massively different.
1: It's amazing how it's small helpful. we can make the world. Right, I
5: think it's getting that way as well, yeah.
1: All right, be objective here, because I know that you're tied in more with the NFL than anything else. Who lands a franchise in the UK first, the NBA or the NFL?
5: Without question, I'd say the NFL. Okay. Without question, it's... it's huge the impact the NFL has had in in a in the UK and it's it's kind of ironic because every school in the UK has a basketball ring at each en- a basketball hoop at each end you know it's a game we grew up playing there just isn't the same interest and the NBA's kind of dipped its toe everyone's major league baseball is going to look at playing games in in the UK it's just not it's not even close especially in terms of tv ratings figures things like that people playing i think i think it's the nfl's a clear leader in that one
1: is it because the nfl is an exciting product or because it's close to rugby or something along the lines that most english fans would understand more
5: i think it's more i think it's an exciting product and it's a it's a game that has a history in in the uk we had american bowl games in 1987 in 1988 you know we the Saints came over and played, I think, 1990 against the old Los Angeles Raiders as they were back then. So, you know, there is a history there, and that, but this is just a fantastic game. And as you say, the world's getting smaller, not only in terms of traveling around it, but somebody in Manchester can watch everything that somebody in Miami watches. You know, somebody in Newcastle can watch everything that you watch in New Orleans. It's on Sky Sports. We have Thursday night games. We have three live games on a Sunday. We have Monday night football and you can buy the NFL's game pass product which means you can watch every NFL network program. So, you know, I think it's the world's kind of shrunk in so many ways you can be as knowledgeable over on that side of the pond as you can here.
1: Oh, it's the same way with Premier League and everything else. Right. Yeah,
5: yes. it's growing right. here, right? Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. The Saints are one of the lucky teams to have an international extra player on their roster that's Alex Jenkins who happens to be originally from from England. Whether you know something about Alex or whether you know something about more guys like Alex in our league. Is hmm. this is this does this directly speak to what you've been touching upon as far as um not necessarily the popularity of the game over there, but perhaps even just the flat out playing of the game.
5: Yeah. Well you need to get I think you need to have those kind of homegrown heroes as well. And we've had a few that have gone almost by parents moved to America. They are great athletes. They end up going to college. Jack Crawford is a defensive lineman for the Falcons. Menelik Watson was with the Raiders has just signed with the Broncos as an offensive tackle I think where somebody like Alex is huge for the future of international players is that well first of all to have for him to have that time on an international practice squad to develop and learn the game is, is huge and for other players to have that but Alex played amateur football in the UK amateur football in the UK is just exactly what it sounds like you're playing for I spoke to coach Payton today. He played there back in the 80s and he said we played for we played for pizza basically. You know, it was it's just for fun, it's right. for the fun of the game. Alex can now be a great role model for other players that are in the amateur game because they can see a pathway they can go from yeah, you know, Alex 5 years ago Alex was pumping petrol in a gas station, at a supermarket gas station, and he's now in the NFL living A dream you know you talk about kurt warner stacking shelves on the grocery store to the hall of fame alex is kind of can be our british version of that and and i think that will encourage other people to do that there's a a guy at the atlanta falcons alex gray who's on the same program he was a professional rugby player and he's decided to switch sports i think i think we'll see more we've got like We've got 10 Brits in training camps across the league at the moment. And, you know, with this program, hopefully that that number increases significantly. All
1: right. Good stuff. Let me ask you this one more thing before Mm -hmm. you go, because you are in a a culinary capital being the city of New Orleans. So a lot of these New Orleans Saints fans, when they go to London to see them play the Dolphins, gosh, less than two months from now, um, where would they go to eat? You've got a good top three that maybe they got to swing by? I,
5: I, do you know what? The people in my work and my office, they laugh at me because I'm the most boring eater oh, stop. on the world. Oh. I'm so plain. So let me. I don't know restaurants, but let me tell you, you can't go wrong with fish and chips, of course. Right. But this is my personal favorite. Pie, chips, mushy peas. You ever have mushy peas? Mm-hmm. Mashed up peas, then pour some gravy on all of it can't go wrong
1: that's your go-to
5: that's, that's just i mean i would have that now if i had the chance but <laughs> it's not the sort of thing you serve up in the new orleans saints player cafeteria so we didn't get that
1: no we didn't have, there were peas over there today, <laughs> yeah but, but it was in the i soup. can't
5: start mushing them up no with fork, people might look I? at you a little yeah, funny
1: exactly. right and uh did we have chips today
5: they bet you didn't have chips with gravy no no try that one
1: i have in canada Oh, there you go. There you go. It is good. You're All right. right. Well, it's the way to go. Good. Great to talk to you again. My pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having me. We'll look forward to seeing you here very soon over in London.
5: I'll yeah, be here soon. Looking forward to having it. It should be quite a game.
1: Again, the Saints and the Dolphins will play in the UK, in London specifically, really at the end of September, uh, taking us into the bi-week. The Saints, uh, it looks like we'll play at Carolina on the road the week prior and then head overseas. John DeShazer from New Saints.com will be on that trip. Won't you, John? Fish and chips and
2: and really, really dark beer. That'll work. That's, Maybe that'll not for five
1: days, but that'll work. Oh, they, they sell something else? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Uh, interesting, interesting. All right, as promised before we go, your got a little Pelicans news. Uh, Head coach Alvin Gentry and uh, big man DeMarcus Cousins on the road this week. They are in South Africa for the NBA Africa Games They spoke with the media via conference call yesterday. Just want to give you a couple of sound bites from that. Of course, those two are getting to spend a tremendous amount of time together just flying. I think it is, I want to say it's 15 hours to fly from here to, I want to say they landed in Johannesburg. So uh, that's a long time to be on a plane. I'm sure some of that was done sleeping, but there's been plenty of conversation and uh, coach Gentry talked about being with DeMarcus on this trip.
0: It's been great. You know, we, uh, we had the uh, I met him in Atlanta and uh, his family and I uh, you know we were on the same flight and we had you know 15 hours that we could visit you know we were a 15 hour flight so we visited just a little bit but uh, uh, we've we've had time to sit down uh, he's been involved uh, with the draft selection here uh, with my team uh, he's been involved with some other the other uh, things, uh, from just teaching and being involved in station work and things like that. So, uh, we've been able to spend time and we've been able to just sit down and talk some about our team and, 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 you know, the goals that we have and some of the things that we're trying to do, uh, and change offensively. So it's been really good to have him here and it's been really good to see his interaction with the other players. And I, I think that everyone's going to realize, you know, what a popular player he is with the other player in the league. Uh, but not but not only that, I've seen the way he interact with uh, the young players here in some of those situations. And uh, uh, I think he's just going to be a tremendous asset to, asset to our franchise.
1: Coach Gentry was also asked about this new uh, tandem in the backcourt. Rajon Rondo and Drew Holiday now will play together. And uh, while we haven't heard yet from Rondo, he has been around camp, and he has not spoken publicly since signing with the New Orleans Pelicans. Coach Gentry did talk about his new backcourt duo.
0: I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how that works. Uh, you know, obviously Rondo uh, is a guy that's been a point guard, and, you know, he's got championship pedigree, and uh, he's been successful in this league for so many years. And I think the thing that uh, that, that he brings to our team is a, a respect uh, that the, that the people understand that he can make the game easier for him. I think also what it is, it's a great partner for Drew because I think Drew is a, a tremendous player. He has the ability to be a point guard or, or play off the ball. And uh, we always felt like if we could get someone that was a very good ball handler and re- and, and, and relieve Drew of some of those duties, that we give him an opportunity to do some things that uh, that he does best that, that as playing him as a point guard completely, uh, we take him out of that situation sometime. And I think now that we have a Rondo, he gives us the ability to play him off the ball. And I think Drew's very good at, at, at being off the ball.
1: As for Mr. Cousins, he has dropped a lot of weight this offseason. That's something that they had talked to him about uh, after coming to New Orleans and down the stretch of this past regular season. This was a weight loss slash conditioning thing. Coaching staff, training staff thought it would bring a lot of positives to DeMarcus, and he spoke of that as well yesterday.
4: Just being able to move easier, uh, less stress on, you know, your joints and your knees and your feet. So, uh, And also just being able to keep up with the pace at all times. Um, you know, the game has changed to this, small, this so-called small ball era, and uh, I have to be able to move where I can guard, you know, almost every position. Uh, you can't be a bulky big man anymore because it's not just about banging in the post. It's about, you know, switching basically every position. It's some nights where I I might have to end up guarding the point guard. So uh, just trying to prepare myself for those situations.
1: One thing that's also been noticeable about DeMarcus and his time this summer, a ton of it has been spent with his new teammate, Anthony Davis. That big man combo uh, certainly was fun to watch late in the season. It was a little clunky at times. Now they've had time on task here over the summer months.
4: You know, it's been a work in progress. We kind of got, we kind of used last year as a, you know, an early start. Uh, we got a small sample of size of, you know, what we're capable of doing. So, uh, you know, we took that, brought that to the summer, and tried to, you know, build on that. Uh, I do believe we've gotten better together. <clears throat> um, we're excited for the season to start. Uh, we're extremely confident going into this season, and uh, we think we can make some noise this year.
1: All right, it's good to have some Pelicans talk here. We should probably see a schedule. I'm hoping next week. I really am. Um, What is today, the 4th? Mm, They're saying maybe as late as the 12th. Now, we'll see. Hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. That'd be ridiculous. Cross your fingers that we'll have this by the end of next week. I think all of us are excited to see uh, how the season starts. It'll be a crucial time. John, thanks a lot today. Anytime. Yes, sir. Thanks again to our guests too, Lance Moore, Vaughn Johnson, Neil Reynolds. Busy, busy pack show for you on Friday. Now that we're doing this podcast Basically, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes we're going to be jam-packed like this. And this time of year, we get so many get great guests. We didn't want to hold anything back. We'll have a fresh new thing for you on Monday, including a wrap-up of Monday night's practice, maybe scrimmage, at Tulane University. Details about that practice at NewOrleansaints.com. Otherwise, the Saints are on the field Saturday and Sunday both. And we'll be back with you on Monday. Daniel Salerson is always with us here in Studio B. We bid you adieu. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Saints. Go Pelicans.